American Hammers Radio presents Fortunes Always Hiding. Hello and welcome into Fortunes Always Hiding, episode four here on American Hammers Radio. I am your host, Zach, joined as always with the co-host, co-hosts John up in Philly and Chris out in Columbus. How y'all doing tonight? What's up? Not too bad. Feeling good at the moment. Well, getting two victories in the weekend is great. Yes. But I just, because I'm down here in Orlando, I spent the entire day today at Universal Studios Orlando, and I am absolutely knackered. <laughs> I need a beer. I need a bath. I need a bed. That, in that order, too. Was that Antonio with his Lamborghini? <laughs> uh, no, I did see my fair share of crashed cars, but that was not one of them. Got it. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. It's the, the first podcast of the new year. And yeah, happy 2020. Welcome to 2020, everyone. Yes, yeah. it's the Roaring Twenties. And <laughs> nobody start, started that out better than Mark Noble, who scored not once, but twice. Twice. He's by far the best goal scorer in the 2020s right now. Well, actually, no, Ronaldo netted a hat trick today, so. Oh, dang. <laughs> he saw all the, all the flack on the internet. He yeah, he's like, I got to beat Mark Noble. I got to beat this, I got to beat this Mark Noble guy. Bit, a big whoop. It's the Italian league. When he comes over to England and does it again in England, I'll be impressed. But it's, <laughs> but it's Italy. No one really cares that much about the Italian, Italian league, do they? Juventus are pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, good. But Mark really, he just, that goal from, from open field play, even though it hit somebody and deflected in, was just, it was just amazing for me to watch. And I'm just look, watching it and going, is Mark Noble back? Is he the way that back, or is this just a lucky bounce? See, that, uh, see that's what I, like, I, my whole thing though is I love as many shots as possible because the more shots that you have, the higher likelihood that one could just slip in like that. So, I mean, good on Noble for taking the shot. Well, my favorite, my favorite thing on Twitter during the match was somebody said, Mark Noble's 100% getting drug tested after this match. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious because he played out of his skin. I mean, oh my and, word. And winning that penalty and then converting it was, was brilliant. But, like, I understand why uh, there are a lot of opposition fans that would probably be really pissed off about that, about how he won that penalty. But he does it everywhere on the pitch. If you watch, whenever Mark Noble gets in trouble, he looks up, he's got two people on him. He can just do, do a little Scott Parker 360 and fall over as soon as somebody touches him, and it works every single time. Yeah. So stay in the box. Well, Chris, I want to bring you a point you said. You said get as many shots on goal as possible. Um, in, the, in that game, we had 14 goal attempts, and we had wow. seven on goal. Wow. And it, yeah. Yeah, so four go in. That's, that's a great conversion rate. You yes. know? I'll take that every single time. If we can get 14 goal attempts, one of them is bound to go in. The ball's small enough. The net's big enough. It's not like we're trying to put a – we're not trying to put one of those massive beach balls behind, behind a hockey net. That's not going to work. Yeah, I know we're I know we're going to get to it in a bit with uh, the FA Cup game against Gillingham, but I was I was thinking the same exact thing. Like, just keep pressing, just keep getting shots on. Eventually, they're going to fall in. Eventually, they're going to go. It's going to happen. 
Well, we, we did what we have not been doing so often is we move the ball forward, we yes. move the ball forward with pace, we move the ball forward into dangerous positions. And, you know, in the past, we move the ball forward under different managers, especially managers we used to think were old-fashioned, okay. let's say, kindly. Um, we, we accused them of being long ball. But under Moyes, we had a, a, a more direct play, but it went to someone. There were there were purposeful balls. I mean that ball that Declan played oh, 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 that last goal on his left foot. I mean seventy yards um, it was one of the most beautiful passes you'll see this year. And it's by a guy younger than me, which, <laughs> which feels well, let's not bring that up. Okay, let's not bring that up. <laughs> okay. Well, so that's something that I, I want to talk about that pass that Rice did, and because we have, I've not seen an outlet pass like that by West Ham in a very long time. And the Tifu football video about how to deal, how to properly uh, implement Halaire talked about how Fabianski needs to outlet the ball downfield to either, to either Anderson or to, um, to Antonio or to Yermolenko and just outlet it and then start feeding Halaire that way. And to see him, to see a feed like that to, um, to Anderson and then Anderson just goes, well, screw you guys. I'm going to take it myself. And he scores. When, I mean, honestly, when was the last time he scored? Hang on, let me look this up. Who, Anderson? Yeah. Uh, he, that was his first goal of the season. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you just... And he had nine goals last year. It's just, come on. It, it was about time that he got started, and now that he started, I hope to God he does not stop. Well, but what did, Mo, what did the Mosiah say? Right? Did you, did you hear what David yes. Moyes said to him? He pulls him you were Brazilian. Yeah, before the match, and he says, he says, listen, I thought you were Brazilian. You're Brazilian. Brazilians make things happen. They score goals. Give him a Brazilian goal. And then, then David Moyes, good man management, he said, and to his credit, he did. He did give yeah. him a Brazilian goal. But going, going back to, like our, I believe it was our last podcast, when we were ta- uh, talking about Fornals finally netting his first, just he deserved it. Like He needed that for his confidence. Exact same thing with Anderson. Absolutely. I think from here, it's just going to be push on, and I think he could end up having a great second half of the season. Well, I hope to God he does have a good second half, good great second half of the season. Same with Fornals. If we can have Anderson and Fornals have a great second half, and they can start feeding Anderson, and we can create a triple threat, and we can even have Anderson and a layer up top, and then Fornell's behind, and then build off that, and now we have, a, we have a three-headed dragon. That's scary. Well, I think technically what we played is a 4-1-4, uh, was it, it was a 4-1-4-1, right? Yeah, that's, that's um, the way we lined up, apparently. In actuality, it, but, but it was, it, it, in theory, that's what it was, but it played much more like a 4-4-1-1, which is exactly yeah. what David Moyes played all at Everton, right? So if yeah. you look, really what he did was he stuck Anderson in the Tim Cahill role. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys know Tim Cahill. Um, you guys were eight when Tim Cahill was playing. But um, <laughs> Tim Cahill, like, you know, not completely different kind of player than Anderson. But it's the same premise. You stick a skillful player who can make things happen behind a, a, a powerful striker. And, and it worked so it was so great to see that. But the main thing to me about Anderson, the work rate, everyone in the squad, top to bottom, the work rate was unbelievable. And he'd been there for what, a day and a half. Yeah, I, I think that showed that they uh, that they actually appreciated the manager. I think that they welcomed the change. I think that they wanted to fight for him. Um, I mean, immediately, like you saw the difference. I think 
I think what was going on with Pellegrini, the reason we kept losing so much was the constant 11 v 11s in practice that they were talking about. They weren't doing drills. They weren't work- focusing on skills or defending. They were just focusing on scrimmaging and practicing. And so they were exhausted. And I think that's why the work rate was suffered so much. Moyes comes in and actually kind of takes more of a uh, approach of let's actually build talent, build skill, go back to the basics and the fundamentals. And you instantly see in two, his first two matches, six nil. Well, it's also the man management. I mean, yeah. he, he, he went, so we, we already know he did, he went to Anderson and said something specifically to him. Frederick said the same thing. Frederick said that he went to him and said, look, you do what you do. Focus on your game. Do what you do best. Stop overthinking this. Go out there and play the way you've always played. And he had his best game for us in what, the season as well. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I think that man management wise, He's been a revelation, and I, I certainly did not think I'd be saying that. I mean, after the match, when he's walking around, like grabbing players, talking to them, pointing to things on the pitch, like I mean, Pellegrini. Yeah, um, but for me as well, I I think the most important thing I've already seen too is good substitutions, tactical yeah. substitutions. I. Everyone in the bar, like I was uh, watching the uh, the Gillingham match with uh, the E13. Everyone was talking about how Snodgrass needed to come off. He wasn't playing up the par. He wasn't doing well. And we we heard Pablo Fornals and said, "Take Snodgrass off. He's not playing well." And what did he do? He did just that. And both substitutions, even though one was forced because of Frederick's injury, both substitutions scored. That's how it's done. Is that what his first goal? Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah. I know we're I know we're not technically talking about the Gillingham match yet. Um, but you're right. I mean, like substitutions change games, right? That's, that's what they yeah. say. So a manager that can make the proper substitutions at the right time, I mean, that's that's one of the best things you can possibly and do. I, and I really, I saw some comments on Twitter, like, again, we're, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves in the Gillingham match, but Pellegrini would have lost that game. Yes, he yeah. would have. Yeah. He would have 100% lost that game because 60th minute, he probably would have brought on Carlos Sanchez. They were all over us. Yeah. It was... The first half was, yeah. I mean, we, they can't, we, you know, but, but again, you know, like, you know, when we play Spurs, uh, who I feel like we should have an automatic beep. Like, you know, when, when, like, if I cursed terribly and said something unconscionable, like when we say Tottenham or Spurs, it should already beep, you know. We'll uh, <laughs> talk to t- producer Tim about that. Yeah. But when, <laughs> when we play Spurs, um, they always act like they don't care about us and dismiss us. And, they, and so they always say, well, well, of course West Ham played well. It's, we're their cup final. Um, but when, we play, when West Ham played Gillingham, this is like a cup final. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a major cup game. They're playing for everything they've got. They're playing for their shirt. I mean, how much of those players make compared to what our youth team players make? I mean, so... I, it's got to be comparable. It's, it really does. And so... Um, I thought they played out of their skins. The Gillingham players did. And, 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 the first and, half especially, I was a little worried. Well, yeah, absolutely. We should be. And that's when that's when a real manager gets to halftime and says, okay, look what's happening. You're a Premier League side. Allaire, look who you are. Look who you are. He starts going down the list, and he's like, no, no. You're not going to be intimidated by, by a side that's – two or three divisions below us. You could tell that they at halftime, he lit a fire under them. Yep. This is not happening again. And on top of, and even, even more important point, 
that I'd like to say on the Gillingham game. A full first team 11. We took it seriously this year and we won. All right. Well, now because we're pre- we're pretty much on the Gillingham game. Yeah. Let's talk about the Gillingham game. <laughs> um, and I want to. And Zabaleta finally gets a goal for West Ham, which I was stunned by. I, I'm so happy for him, though. So yeah. happy. He was thrilled. Well, just look. Just looking at his stats, uh, he has two goals in 05 and 06 with a Spaniel. Uh, one goal in 08 09, one goal in 10 11. One goal in 11-12. He overproduced and had two goals in 12-13. A goal in 13-14 and 14-15. One goal in 16-17 and a goal against Gillingham. I'm sure, because this guy doesn't score a lot of goals, this man has to be absolutely thrilled beyond belief to finally score for West Ham. Just being like, huzzah, I I know (laughs) I can do it. It's kind of like it's kind of like when you're watching a hockey game and you see that one guy on the team that's like, Okay, he's the, he is the duster. He's the guy who shouldn't be out here. He's the first cut, and he somehow scores a goal, and maybe it's only one that he ever scores on the season. You just kind of like, wow, and you applaud. I love it when you bring up references to sports I never watch, and uh, <laughs> you're like, it's just like in it's just like in Aussie Rules football when someone elbows somebody in the face, and everyone's like, that's a great play, and I'm like, what is he talking about? <laughs> I know more about what that. Reference that I know about hockey, but regardless, you're absolutely right. Don't you live in Philly? Come on, have you not been to a Flyers game? I've never been to a Flyers game. Actually, wow. so no, my friend, my friend was going to take me to a Flyers game. All the West Ham fans are going, "Shut up, talk about something else." <laughs> um, my, friend, my friend was going to take me to a Flyers game, and I got sick the night that I was supposed to go. Uh, I've okay. been sick. I've been sick twice this year. Once when I was going to go to a Flyers game, and once. New Year's Eve. I was Ooh. growing up on New Year's Eve. Right. That, that's, right. so. that's it. I'm taking you to a Flyers game this year. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, only a three-hour drive. I mean, I can. We can do it. Um, stay with me. <laughs> well, I'll see if I can get. It. We can get a Sunday day game. Come up for the day, then leave because there's not really much to do in Philly, unless you want to do trading places and act that out. I can't believe you just said there's not a lot. All my Philly people that listen to this podcast, if you like, that's a challenge. Challenge accepted. Philly is okay. Rad. I, I, I've been to Philly before, and I, I and there was a lot of stuff to do. And that was okay. okay. So tweet at me stuff to do in Philly. All you listeners who live in Philly or been to Philly, because I've only been to Philly like twice, and they, that was for the King Tut exhibit in 2006. Just to give you an idea as to how long ago that was. Yeah, we can do math. <laughs> I, and I can't. This is a math podcast. <laughs> I right, back to back to Gillingham. Um, I want to talk about Frederick starting down, and uh, that's a huge loss for us. And yeah, yes, well, well, that leads us with a defender problem, and Chris. And this is going to lead into Chris going to the news. Um, but I was look I, when I was sitting in line today at one of the rides. I was looking at Facebook, and I think it was West Ham um, United News put this out um, that we were looking for if Fredericks is out for a couple of months, like he's being rumored to be. Uh, I believe it's been confirmed that he is out for four to seven weeks. That's it. Okay, but all right, that's a lot less astronomical than what I thought it was going to be. But we're still it, looking for calls. Yeah, but still, we're, we're still going to need to look at def- defense. Um, and so they brought up two opinions. Would you rather play a four-four-two with Zabaleta at right back, or a five-three-two uh, with Antonio slotting in at right wing, be- wing back? 
And I don't know about you, but Antonio shown the world that he is not a not a uh, wingback. They got all the crackly right. going on there. What the? Chris, why don't you? Uh, what, what do you think about that? Um. So for me, I think it all depends on who we're playing. I think that that would be the determining factor. If we're going up against uh, like a Newcastle with uh, Saint Maximum uh, coming down. Uh, the wing. Zabaleta doesn't have the legs for it. I, he's a great defender, but he doesn't have the pace to keep up with these pacey wingers. Antonio I, Antonio would be able to do a uh, probably be able to keep up and do a number on him. Um, and, and the name everyone keeps forgetting to or, uh, is Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson uh, is there, but unfortunately he's injured at the moment according to X. So uh, he's out for a few more probably another week or two. So we're going to have to, uh, unless we can get a quick loan deal um, or bring in a right back, which I'll talk about here in a bit, but um, it, 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 you have to stick with Zabaleta. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I hate <laughs> to say this, but I don't see any other option than sticking with Zab. Um, yeah. Zaba is a consummate pro. We're going to have to play deeper. Well, um, I actually had just thought about this. Would Cresswell be able to slot in it right yeah. back at all? You can't do it. Yeah, I don't hey, see that being good where, idea. Where one of the be, I mean, that would. I think that would be uh, like option Z, but mm-hmm. it is possible. So one of the things that, uh, like I said, West Ham fans love to criticize our own club. One of yeah. the constant criticisms is that we have an unbalanced squad. That's accurate because if you look, we're one of the only sides that has a better depth at le- on the left side of the pitch than we do on the right side of the pitch because most yep. people aren't left-footed. And yet we've got two, you know, you can say they're not the best left-backs in the world, but we have two solid left-backs. We have two or three people that can play, play left-mid. Um, you know, and so we have the left side of the pitch pretty much wrapped up. It's the right side where we really struggle. I mean, even, even, even um, you know, we're playing Robert Snodgrass, who, yeah, I love Snod's. He's, he gives all the heart in the world, but he's got as much pace as, well, me. So um, <laughs> that's not true. I'm pretty fast. But um, still, you know, like, so on the right, and, and then especially right back, I mean, there were a lot of people that didn't even think we should have given extension to Zaba last year. So um, I don't know. I think we're going to have to play with no, we're going to have to play deeper. It's going to change the entire way we play so that we're not exposed. And Moyes yeah. is a pragmatist above all else, so I think that's what he'll do. Yeah, to be honest, right now, I'm glad we did extend Zabaleta because um, if oh, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we'd have literally no one in the position. Well, well yeah, now the board looks like they're geniuses for doing it, to be quite yeah. honest. And I don't think a lot of West Ham fans want to give the board any liquor credit. No, no dude, the, the board aren't geniuses because if the board were geniuses, they, they would have bought some Correct. They would have upgraded the right back position, but they don't spend money on defenders and they don't spend money on central midfielders. That's why whenever we get the transfers, I'm so stupid excited about the rumors of everything. <laughs> well, might be fangirling here in a few minutes then. I'll just turn into the biggest girl ever. All right. Now that we talk about that, we, hang on, who do we draw in the, who do we draw? In the West West home. By the yeah, way, there, at home. there was no sexism. In that comment, <laughs> women are wonderful. Fangirl is a, I'm digging a hole. Fan it's boy, a br- 
I think everyone knows what it means. Just you get excited over certain things. I don't think you scream as if the Beatles were walking off an airplane. Yes. That's exactly what I was referencing. Zach. Yeah, for the win. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God for old newsreel footage. I'm going to talk about old newsreel. Let's not not dwell. All right. All right. Now that we know who we're facing next, um, Let's talk about the news, and I'm sending it over to Crispy's. We got a literal boatload of news. Yes. Newsreel. Live, local, breaking. I will preface this, uh, obviously being over here in America, I have no inside sources. I'm not one of these in-the-know guys. This is just a compilation uh, of... Twitter rumors uh, from X Forbo uh, new or newspapers over in England, all wrapped up in a nice little bow, just so that way it's all together in one. So the first, so the first thing I have is uh, Stanislav Lobotka, South Africa. There, it is apparently rumored that uh, both us and Napoli are in for him, um, with us offering a uh, permanent deal. And Napoli wanting a loan deal. Uh, the deal is rumored to be about, would it be about twenty three million. But the issue, sorry to get your hopes up. It looks like he might have ruled us out. Yeah, I don't see. He's going to go to Napoli. No <laughs> choice. I mean, um, and then I should have said this one first. It is rumored that uh, Moyes will have a budget of about twenty five million pounds. Woo! That's. What was Pellegrini to start the year? Hundred million. Uh, his first summer, I believe, was like well over hundred million. Last summer, we got nothing, and I don't think he brought any January players in, in January last year. I, I could be wrong about that. I can't. No, no he, he doesn't like the January transfer window. Uh, he, a friend of mine is a Man City fan, and when I was complaining about that, he said he did he did the same thing in Man City. So I mean, he likes a set squad. There are yeah. a lot of managers, though, that feel that the January transfer window has no value. Which I think completely wrong on that. They're not wrong. So the next one is another midfielder uh, who uh, has been linked with us for quite some time. It's AC Milan's uh, Kessie. Um, there is a rumor that... Yeah, it has been rumored that we have already submitted a, an offer... But there's conflicting reports at the same time that says that, uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, Fernandez, uh, Gedson Fernandez of Benfica is our first uh, priority. So switching to that, Gedson Fernandez uh, is very interest. We are very interested in, but other club, bigger clubs are uh, as well, including Man United. But this is this is a first I've heard of. He prefers a move to West Ham over Man United. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. You guys not about this? For the, biggest, for the biggest reason, Zach, being or one of the biggest reasons, his mother lives in London. Okay. All right. That, oh, I, like. That, I, that I like. You don't and, he is, and he is close to several West Ham United yeah, youngsters. That's right. So Cardoso, um, who are the <laughs> other guys? Um, Silva and... Um, Anytime we're talking about Portuguese players, you can say Silva. Yeah. One of them is named Silva. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah. So we have three like young Portuguese guys in the youth team that we bought, and like Cardoso was bought like last year, um, and, and so evidently they're all good friends. Wow. Yep. Fernandez and Gedson got on Instagram and tweeted a picture. Of him, I mean, I mean, and, and posted a picture of himself with the Joker card and crossed hammers. 
Yep, I was gonna. I was actually gonna report on that. He originally posted a photo of him in training with the Joker card and the irons emoji. Later, edited out the uh, hammers emoji. Of course, he did. You know why? His agent was like, "What are you yep. doing, fool?" <laughs> so we have submitted a bid, supposedly, um, and we are trying to wrap it up asap so that as to make sure that the bigger clubs can't come in. The we're trying the way we're trying to structure it is a loan move for 18 months with an obligation to buy at the end of the loan. The uh, he currently has a uh, clause in his contract or buyout clause of 102 million euros. Yeah, Benefica is trying to coop half of that. Ooh. So I think that I think that if it is an obligation to buy and it gets done, then it'll be. Uh, Around that price, well, because the, the, the loan they're they're talking about an eighteen. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so a year and a half, which is great. Yeah. And at the end of it, forty million pounds is what I read. Yeah. Um, so, and on top of that, they had an official meeting today, and apparently it had progressed, and it is still progressing. And we are per- his preferred de- destination, but the issue is right now, bigger clubs are starting to sniff around trying to see uh, about a deal. So we need to add quicks because if yes. the clubs are going to throw in more money, but if we can add quick and get in like that, then we should be able to just. Yes. But, but here's the kicker. Nobody's going to want to give 102 million euro for him because he's a wonder kid, dude. He's the guy, like when you're playing football manager, he's the kid you want and you go and build your team around. And, and he's everything our midfield currently does not have. The kid is pacey. He's tough. He's got a great tackle on him, and he's also like a natural. He's like he's like, he's like a Paul Pogba. He's like a natural attacking midfielder. So um, he's exactly what we don't. What we haven't had in what twenty years, um, if we've ever had that. And so he would be a revelation for us. Um, and we're in this weird, bizarre, uniquely placed um, circumstance to, to get him. So if if they screw this up. Uh, I'm gonna let Chris finish the news and stop ranting, but I'm, uh, <laughs> you're good, you're good. I'm trying to figure out which way to go next. Um, I go. There's uh, two other, I believe, uh, two other midfielders that we have uh, uh, apparently interest in. Apparently, we are battling with Everton for Marseille's midfielder Sanson. Uh, I don't. I haven't heard too much about and that. Other than that, that's the first I'm hearing about this because I have friends of mine who are in Marseille, and I've not. Heard anything about that? Uh, keep in mind, folks. A lot. We've had a couple Marseille players as of recently. We had Morgan Almafitano, who didn't last long here in uh, West Ham, and he went out to um, Toronto FC before he retired. Won the MLS Cup. We had Dimitri Payet. We all remember how that went out. And we also had Andre Ayew. And um, when we signed Ayew, all my uh, Marseille friends that I follow on Twitter pretty much went out and said, uh, "Welcome to Marseille United." That's how they refer to us, and a lot of that. Well, there. So there is a strong West Ham contingent in Marseille, believe it or not. If you ever turn on a Marseille game live from the Stade Vélodrome, and neither uh, supporters groups are banned, there are huge uh, banners. Like you have the English cross. You know how when you watch England away, they have the English cross, and then whatever town or they're from. So it's like English cross, and then the we like I don't know Stratford upon Avon. Why is that the first place that comes to my mind? I have no clue. Um, but that, but that stuff's there. And then there's another one. Um, but in that one that you have the crossed irons in the left top corner. Um, and then on the other side, you have the union Jack with Marseille written on it. 
Yeah, well, and there was a Tifu that was done at um, at one of the games. I don't know the year. I don't know the date. Um, and it's I'm forever blowing blue and white bubbles. So, it, seriously, look this up, people. This is real. This I swear to God, this is real. So I, Marseille are the well, you know, I guess in a weird way it makes sense because they're dock workers too, probably, right? Yeah, well, the dock workers, the shipbuilders, they're refugees. A lot of them are refugees. It was a huge because Marseille's right on the coast. From the map on France, it's literally you're going from Algiers, you go straight up, you hit Marseille or Montpellier or Nice or the south or somewhere else on the southern coast. And there's a huge contingent of Africans there, like from Algiers, Libya, Tunisia, Morocco, Egypt, other parts of former French Africa. And it's all there. They're all a bunch of immigrants, but they all come and they all support the team. They all love the team. It's a, it has a huge, huge part of the culture in Marseille. If yeah. you've never been, I highly recommend you go. Everyone that's ever been loves it. it <coughs> what I've heard, it's a lot like... Baltimore, to compare it to a U.S. city, it's a dock-working city. It's a very hard-working, blue-collar city. And that feels a lot to me, like like uh, Northern Ireland and Belfast did. And so it all feels the same to me. And so it was just kind of like, hmm. Uh, Velvet Sun. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So the next player we're actually interested in um, is Sander Burge, Berg from Genk. He good. And yeah, we are apparently set, to, uh, regardless of the Fernandez deal, we are set to bid uh, 10 million pounds for him. Um, Worth every penny. Yep. And then there's two, so there's two players that I'll go over quickly. I don't know too much about. There's been conflicting reports if we're bringing them in or if they're interested in Olivier Giroud. Uh, no, no. They've said that it would, the reason that they would bring him in is not for first team role, but more as a for challenging uh, Alaire. Uh, no, I, I, I that's just what I've read. I'm not. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> um, the other one is Joe Allen, yeah, uh, of Stoke. Which uh, or is it Stoke or no? It's, is it Stoke or Sunderland? I can't remember. It's Stoke. Yes, um, but I saw today that apparently we bid like five million for him and Stoke said that that's not enough. Yeah. So, so. two things, uh, both of those things are like the, like on, on, on these up mother Brown, everyone's arguing about all that. And like, there are a few people saying, Oh no, Jones, thanks for letting Mark Noble. And everyone else is like, Joe Allen is terrible. We hate you. We hate everyone. What is wrong with you? Um, but like, but so that's the first thing. The second thing is, can we now call this segment, shoot the messenger? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We need. And we need. We need. Own, he needs theme music. So yes. Music. The powers that be. Listen. We need to do our news segment. Da, 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 and we need to have some music and then shoot the messenger. That's what it's going to be. Yes. We need. One of those, we need one of those old school like tickety tackety machines. It's real. Bang bang. I need to figure out how to do Morse code in Morse code. Shoot the messenger, so it comes out like that. If you if you know Morse code, it's shoot the messenger. Let's let the technical geniuses at American Hammers Network figure that out. That is so not me. So, all right. So, getting back to it, I have another potentially big transfer. Um, that that's being rumored. Randolph. Well, I'm getting to that. I'm going to get to that one. Calm down, Zach. Yeah. But it, it has been reported that a London team has reportedly approached Inter Milan, offering a higher wage for Gabagol, 
uh, than Flamengo. Uh, Flamengo. It's, it's not known, it was not known who it is, but it was rumored to be bigger than Palace. It's and, Did yeah. you know what I read about that? <laughs> Chelsea have supposedly made Gabigol their number one target. Actually, I saw the exact opposite today, that they had, pulled, they had no interest. I, 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 I yeah. hope you're right. To, yeah. though, though, I have to be honest, and, and, and this isn't going to take very long, said me never, but um, <laughs> I, I don't see where he's going to play. I don't. Really I could see it too. Uh, yeah, I if Moyes wanted to go two up top, I could see that. Well, sure, but like, what are we going to do? Four four two? Are we going to five two? I mean, like already, it, there there are all these strange questions that start to be yeah. asked, especially with this Fredericks injury. <laughs> so, um, from a tactical standpoint, I really don't know where. He but end, but he's so, amazing. So yeah, and he, he it's apparently rumored that he would like to know what his future is before January tenth. Uh, so that's coming up very soon. An Inter wanting around 22 million euro for him. Uh, and the thing that caught my eye, big, or especially with this one, is that Nico Shura was the one who broke this. This is the same yeah. exact guy who broke the Allaire rumor hmm. this summer. He's so a very, very good Italian journalist. Yes. And it's saying that, uh, it's said that Anderson is, uh, going to play a very key role in this as they are both Brazilian and both played for Santos at the same yeah, time. That's right. Which, if that's the case for me, what also that, uh, kind of says to me, I always kind of thought that Anderson was coming here, wanted to come here as like a jumping off point to the bigger clubs in the Premier League. If he's trying to bring in big name players, uh, using who he knows, it kind of leads me to believe that he wants to be here for a while. Well, so to, to, to bridge off of that very briefly, uh, ha ha, but um, <laughs> so think about it. So this actually ties into the same strategy that we just talked about with, with um, Genson Fernandez, right? Because yeah. if he has friends here as well, you know, and, and they're all young players, right? These are all yeah. young players. What we're talking about is getting people who want to be here, who wants to be together. And we're the who are young and hungry as well. Yeah. And we're so, saying, Build for the future. We'll let you stay here. We'll let you play with your friends, build something together. I mean, that's, and not a lot of clubs can do that. So, going on some other stuff, as Zach mentioned, um, it is all but done. Welcoming, welcome Darren Randolph back to Yay. West Ham. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Roberto. Yep. Well, Don't let the door hit you on the way out. This is, this is one of those things that, again, though, has divided some fans. But, <laughs> but I think what they forget is that how the players feel, and this this, this goes right on what we were just talking about, how the players feel is a huge, big, big deal, right? So um, Mark Noble and all those guys love Randolph. They were all mates. They all used to hang out. Um, probably with Andy Carroll and gotten to shenanigans, but regardless, <laughs> um, you know, they were all good friends. Randolph like snuck out of training and climbed up the the balcony. Do you remember that? Do you guys ever hear about that? Where Andy no. Carroll supposedly like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The balcony and fell down. And yep. anyway, um, <clears throat> Randolph was in some of that stuff, but anyway, so he's really good friends with all these guys anyway. So and um, yeah, I think he knows that he's wow. going to be a backup, so he's kind of accepted that role. Was well, he thirty two? I think thirty four, maybe. Well, to be quite honest, I really think that they could have hired the, the pie eating goalie, and he would have been a better 
Yeah. Then, then um, neck tattoo, man. So, continuing on, uh, going off of Frederick's, um, uh, his with his injury, he's like we said, he's out to four four to seven weeks. There's interest of in signing Max Ahrens of Nor- Norwich. Yeah. But he would be a very pricey person as he's one of those kind of wonder kid, uh, wonder kids. Um, so could it happen? Possibly, but not very likely. Um, but we are looking to bring in a right back. Uh, and we're most likely there is also, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I forgot to write it down, but there's a 27 year old free agent right back that we're interested in. I forget. I can't remember his name for the life of me. Um, that sounds like a solid I, I Supposedly, he's still highly rated. So, I, I don't know. I, Why is he a free agent? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll, here in a bit, I'll do, try and find it on Twitter again. Um, let's see here. What else do we have? Um, Moise has not yet ruled out uh, recalling Diangana from West Brom. So... Uh, and then on top, speaking of with Moyes, uh, apparently he would be open to working with a director of football uh, if the club go down that route again. Um, and then following some with some contracts and some youngsters, uh, Connor Coventry uh, is uh, in line for signing a new contract and likely to go out on loan to a League One side this month. Um. Nathan Holland will be joining, will more than likely be joining Oxford United on loan. Um, and overall, Moyes may not use as many youngsters this season, meaning several may go on loan to League One sides. Um, I saw Powell going out on loan today as well. And uh, until I find that one, t- uh, the name of the one player I was thinking of that I had seen, that is it for me. John, you have do you have the name? Is it Mehdi Zafan? Say it again. Mehdi Zafan. That sounds right. Yeah. So Algeria International. Yes. Yeah. So uh, so what I what I read was it was uh, Mehdi Zafan, uh, which if I'm saying that wrong, I apologize to all my North African brothers and sisters. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, evidently he is uh, uh, is a free agent right now. He's released by Ren. Um, and, uh, he's supposed to be pretty good. So though, why you're released by Ren and pretty good, I'm not sure, but you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. We need somebody fast. Yeah. Well, we do, we do need some people fast. We do need our solid right back. We do need, a, well, if Randolph falls through, for God knows what reason, but we do need a goalkeeper and Roberto just oh. not that and I also want to really quickly talk about the most ludicrous transfer rumor I oh, have yeah. heard in quite some can, time. Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Yes. We're, we're linked with, Ky- with Kalyan and Mbappe. Might as well be. <laughs> uh, Koulibaly. For yeah. 70 million euros or pounds, I don't know. Complete BS. <laughs> Say his name again because I interrupted you rudely. Oh, no worries. Uh, Koulibaly. Yeah. The highly rated Napoli center, uh, Napoli center back. That like Manchester United and Manchester City and everything in the world, and yeah, they're all like, "Oh, we're going to buy him," and, and they can't. They, like, no one wants to stump the money up, and and, and yep. so there's this hilarious article. It's like, but David Moyes will. 
Well, so Chris, is that the last bit of news that you have? Yep, I'm going to check to see if there's been any recent developments in like the last couple hours. But all right, um, um, so yeah. I want to talk about Morris for a second. We're now two games in under David Morris again for the second time. Um, how much do you, and going into the Morris the second Morris era, I wasn't sure how what to think. Was it going to be fine? Was it going to be? Are we going to be good or are we going to be bad? But two wins in a row, I think, really helps to cement him with the Western fans that we we did the right thing bringing him back, even though I, I've even said that I came with a list of 25 other things that I would want or would rather have happened than Morris come back. And I yeah. read them on here, and I was being dead serious. I'd rather have another colonoscopy than have David Morris come back. I'll get into that later. <laughs> that... that I'm not happy that I, that I already had one. Yeah, but I don't want to like I don't want to jinx anything. But I think we're going in the right direction again, yes. and we're he kind of he's trying to he's trying to pull a Sully and not land the plane in the Hudson, but get the plane working again so that we can actually take off and go back up the table. Yeah, and I mean that's what we were saying at the end of. Um the last podcast um, here. I'm looking up the Premier League table right now because um, we had with a game in hand. I know we play uh, Sheffield this week. If we could realistically this weekend being be sitting in eleven as high as eleventh position, so which would be this, lovely. The the season is by far not over like we can still have great success the rest of the season we still have so many games to play i believe it's 18 games but last at the end of last podcast i said like i i it might have been me i think um that if Moyes goes on and gets a convincing win it'll kind of help bring the 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 fans around and that's what you're starting to see it, there's a real buzz again on uh like okay maybe maybe we can make this work maybe it, it's working. The biggest difference, like we'd already talked about, the substitutions, player morale, the defense, like the defensive structure, looked amazing as well. Like our yep. defending was night and day difference. And if it keeps going like this, I mean, who knows? Like we, it, with Fabianski's back behind or in between the sticks, it look, I, I might, I'm hopeful for this season still. John, what about you? I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the negative Nancy in the group, um, because I'm not. Honestly, I'm excited as well. <laughs> I do, however, want to say it's been two matches, one of which was against Gillingham. No disrespect. Um, and if we lose to Sheffield United, which is a very distinct possibility, they're having a phenomenal season. They are they're doing about as well as a championship side that gets promoted to the Premier League can possibly do. And they have a phenomenal manager, Chris Wilders. Uh, he's, he's great. He's, he's worth revelations with that club. He's a fan. I mean, so we're going, and it's a club that we have animosity with, and a club that, that does not like us, and we do not like them. So they would love to get one over on us. Uh, yeah. You know, if you guys aren't familiar with, with, with the beef, between us, look up the billboard that we put up next to their their stadium. Um, 
if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just 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 look that up and you'll figure it out. Actually, uh, T uh, for Football put a whole thing up about the whole incident and the whole <coughs> math and how we had to pay them 20 million pounds, and we were just kind of like, well, whatever, we're still up, so suck it. Well, no, we I think it was 30 million, and back then that was a lot of money, and it still uh, was a lot of money. We had to pay it over a period of transfer budget. So um, Sean Bean marching on London, you know, a lot of obnoxious stuff. Um, there are a lot of West Ham fans uh, season one of Game of Thrones. But, um, you know, I, I think that this is going to be a tough match. And, 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 and what I worry about is our, our fortunes always hiding. It's there in this podcast. And so if we lose yeah. this match, even if it's a scrappy 2-1 and they get a lucky um Mark Noble's deflection, or if they score a free kick, or whatever it is, and we lose two one, and in the next match we lose again. We I, I see us still point if we draw or win against Sheffield United, and, that, and play well, and we and we win. I mean that's that's looking good. I, I, and I will say this: I just looked it up. Uh, in terms of recent form, West Ham is obviously we're two zero and three. Sheffield is two one and two, with their last two losses or their last two matches being losses and the match before that being a draw. So they're not necessarily on great form at this very second. So we could very well just pop in there and possible. Yeah, I would. I would absolutely. Because it's on, it's a match on the road. I'd be fin- like, like so happy with a, just a draw. Mm-hmm. If I'd be over the moon if we got a win, let, let alone a convincing win. I, yeah. I think with, I think that Moyes actually came in at the right time against uh, a weak Bournemouth team, and then Gillingham, he kind of got to see what he like, what his squad is, what he, they need to improve on, and now this is going to be the first test. Yeah, and I don't think that three, two, three, whatever, whatever the whatever the formation we played, uh, you know, the, that first half against Gillingham, I think the formation was part of it. Um, I understand why he wanted to play three at the back because he wants to include Diop. But what are you going to do? You're going to sit um, Ogbana? No, he's been our hammer of the year so far, and you're not going to sit down Balbuena who's a consummate pro and who makes the basic footballing decisions that Moyes wants all defenders to make. So he's not going to do either one of those two things, but, you, but you're not going to leave Diop on the bench. Diop's our most promising young defender. So yeah. um, he, you know, he wanted to play at the back and see what that looked like, but I don't think that's right for us. But However, you've got the Zabaleta issue. So um, yeah, it, it, It'll be interesting to see how we approach this with, only four days uh, until the next match. Yeah, and we play Friday night, right? Yeah, Friday night. Friday night. Friday night under the lights. Yeah, let's uh, let me see exactly what time it is. It's at three o'clock Eastern start. Yes. So, those of you who still aren't in school, like Chris, you still you got something to watch. Those of you who can get off work early, you got something to watch. And those of you who are like me, who work from home, I can have the game on and I can be shooting pictures for my eBay business. That's always <laughs> fun. All right, and on that note, um, unless you guys have got anything else to say or any other comments about this week? Probably right. I, um, and be, with that, because I am absolutely knackered and I need a beer and I need a bath and I need a bed. <laughs> and be, by the way, if you've never been to Orlando, um, 
if you unless you have really small children, this this is a really weird city to say the least. <laughs> In the same place that you can find a twenty four hour adult store, you can find the happiest place on earth, just twenty minutes down the road. So now, so now in two podcasts, you've successfully pissed off Ohio and Florida. That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, now, now he's just singling Orlando. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I so do you guys know where the villages are? It's, I oh. think so. But do you know what it is? I, I've heard of it before. Sure, I think. The villages is the world's largest retirement community. It spans three counties in Florida. And literally everyone that's there, you have to be over 55 to be there. And it's just um, old people left, right? Every, almost every hour you hear an ambulance go by for somebody. And there's a lot of slipping and falling, a lot of oxygen tanks, walkers. Everyone has a golf cart. Um, it is literally the equivalent of the near-death star. It's hilarious. <laughs> What is happening right now? We were going to end the podcast, and he's like, I want to talk about how I hate Florida and old people. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, so, so my grandparents. I'm driving down the road right now going, What is my life? Why am I. What is happening? <laughs> he was going down that road and just suddenly decided to take a sharp turn left. I took a left at Albuquerque. <laughs> no, you just turned. You took a left off the road. <laughs> you know what, guys? Let's let, let's let's wrap it. Um, okay, but I, my point is, when you're driving from the villages down to Orlando, and you see road signs on the side of the road for Confe- the Confederate monument, you know that this is not the best idea. <laughs> I made them up. And on that note, on that note, I will leave you alone to Google that yourself. <laughs> you know, the FBI watch list. I'm sorry. Oh my <laughs> word! What has this become? I don't know. I, come on, you eyes! Come on, you eyes! Come on, you eyes! Let's be Sheffield. This has been an American Hammers Radio production on AmericanHammersTV.us.